Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. It is January 7th, 1995. Really want to work on that demo, don't you? You, you, aren't you excited about 1995? Um, no more or less than I was for 1994. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's 1994, it's just, it's so like, it's got a, I don't know, like a, there's something about it. 2000 I'll be excited for. Well, 2000 will be interesting. But this is like, like we're right in the middle, right in the middle of the, the wild and free 90s. Well, we were right in the middle of the 80s, and that wasn't that super exciting either. So. Oh, disagree. <laughs> okay. 1985, good year. But a new year is bringing new television networks oh. around. What do you think of that? I think I want to hear more. I don't know if you guys are aware of the existence, but... There's two new networks out here. There is, uh, it's called WB Television Network. That's Warner Brothers, the Warner Brothers, and United Paramount Network. Uh, I guess UPN. Sure. Sounds. I like. have no idea. Well, I mean, you know, because because NBC is the National Broadcasting Corporation. You know. Okay. So I would think. United Paramount Network, UPN. That makes sense to me. Uh, anyway, so so the uh, UPN apparently has some early favorites. Uh, now, they're going to have a new Star Trek show, uh, Star Trek Voyager. Okay. It's called. And that's, you know, that's probably going to be a hit because the, the Star Trek franchise is, is big. And uh, someone named Kate Mulgrew is going to star in it. She's going to be the first female captain. Of well, a that's Star kind Trek. of exciting. Yeah. So. My mom's going to be like all excited because she, she loves Star Trek. Apparently, uh, WB Television Network, I guess just w, I know, WB, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so they are doing... Uh, some comedy shows. They have the Wayans brothers, Sean and Marlon Wayans. Uh, I guess they're they're related to Keenan Ivory Wayans. Okay. Who from uh, you know that uh, did In Living Color. And they're getting their own show, uh, something called The Parenthood, starring Robert Townsend. It's a I guess a Cosby esque type family sitcom. So sitcom. Uh, something called Unhappily Ever After. Hmm, that sounds like Married with Children. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Um, it says, a reverent family sitcom about a divorced couple from the creator of Married with Children. <laughs> so it makes, that makes a lot of sense. And then Muscle. Uh, it looks like it's a satire set in New York's New York Health Spa. From the makers of Soap. 
Interesting. So I wonder if that's uh, Susan Harris. Uh, she created Soap Aunt and the Golden Girls. Oh, okay. And I think she did... Uh, did she do Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, or Tennessee Valley? P- I, don't, I don't remember. But I think she's Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, too. But Soap is... Uh, I love Soap. I think I've talked about that before. Yes. My love of the television show Soap. I mean, you've definitely told me. I'm assuming you've also told our listeners. Do, 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 do. I'm just going to take all these tapes and cut out all the bits of you singing and make it a demo tape and send it in for you. Last time on Soap. Soap is is hilarious. Brilliant. Brilliant show. Anyway, uh, apparently the CBS is... And I don't know if, if CBS is... Desperate, would you say? What? But they're bringing, they're bringing, apparently they're bringing a bunch of veteran comedians back to the screen, including uh, Terry Garr, who was in the movie that we saw, by the way, uh, as well as Miss Sugarbaker herself. You know who I'm talking about. Mm, not so much, no. Delta Burke. Oh, okay. Anyway, so they they've got uh, new shows with them. Cool. As well. Oh, yes. Okay, so I'm looking through looking through different I, I cut out different sections of the paper so that I could read them to you people and things that I think would be interesting for for Carol to hear. And I was trying to like figure out on this page what I what I was looking at, but now I remember. So this is from the newspaper. This is not like this is not movie related or anything like that. But I thought this was super interesting. So Bob Kiff uh, from the Hartford Courier, he uh, he's got a little section here in the Detroit for Press, and he says the uh, the title is arguably the language took a beating in 1994, and these are things like. Words and, and trends and words and stuff like that from 1994 that he thinks, you know, it's going to be bad. It's bad, okay. bad omens for the language. Uh, so, the events of this year certainly brewed up quite a con- concoction. Uh, 12 gallons of white water, a dash of OJ, a lump of gump. Uh, and a pinch of Tanya and an I of Newt. And the I, as in the capital letter I, like me, 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 me. Uh, which is, you know, I guess that kind of shows his politics a little bit there. But that's funny. So for those of you that aren't quite following along, Whitewater obviously is the scandal involving uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, O.J. Simpson uh, possibly killed two people. Uh, Forrest Gump is what he's talking about there. Tanya, uh, Tanya Harding. And then I of Newt, uh, referring to Newt Gingrich, and the Republican sweep in the midterm elections. You know what the fastest way to kill a joke is? What? To explain it. It's not really a joke, though. I'm just explaining to the people what... Okay. Okay. Wow. It's going to be one of those shows, huh? Uh, Anyway, so what he's saying is he's like... Okay, so the most overused word. Most overused word... 
And with President Clinton's health care plan thwarted in Congress, Gridlock nearly made a George Foreman-like comeback to claim the title. But this year's uh, this year's linguistic bald tire was arguably, which was arguably the most worn-out word in journalism. <laughs> uh, cliches of the year. At first, this race seemed tilted towards slippery slope, uh, level playing field, and downward spiral. Then peace process, core values, uh, and modalities transitioned into the lead. But down the home stretch, we discovered the winner, comfort level. Hmm. Yeah, that's quite a cliche. Interesting. Seven deadly synonyms. Journalists were uh, a sight for the sore eyes in November as they scrambled for words to describe the Republican sweep at the polls. Tidal wave, stampede, juggernaut, avalanche, landslide, and cave-in swamped us. Uh, most promiscuous prepositions. Okay. No one spoke about an issue in 1994. Spe- people spoke to an issue. I noticed that, too. People mm. would say that a lot. I'm going to speak to that. Okay. Yeah. But don't worry about about. It's <laughs> it's around and about in sentences like, we're not about raising taxes, we're about helping people. Hillary Dickery Doc Award. Where would we have been in 1994 without our safety net of universal coverage, healthcare providers, and managed competition with automatic triggers? That's uh, like basically just making fun of uh, Hillary Clinton's description of uh, the health care plan that they wanted to. By the way, all you people are fucking stupid. Yep. <laughs> the, but what? There's no reason we can't just have health care as a right for everybody. I mean, I certainly don't think, you know, and it's going to happen. You watch. I don't think 20 years down the road we're still going to be arguing about should we have universal coverage. Oh, I agree. I mean, it, it's absolutely happening. God. I mean, it's dead for now, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe it will be the, resurrected. Uh, maybe if the fucking uh, insurance companies didn't spend so much money on politicians. Uh, most persistent trend. Nouns continue to verb like rabbits. Former nouns still wet behind the ears include, I'll message you. Because, you know, message is a noun, and now people are using right. it as a verb. I'll message you. Uh, let's see. No one wants to be term limited. And let's calendar that. That is so dumb. Worst, lingu- ling- worst linguistic trend. Uptalk. This is the tendency of young people to raise their voices tentatively at the <laughs> end of sentences. Each sentence sounds like a question. You've undoubtedly noticed this? Yes. That's what uh, they're talking about there. Yeah, so that I thought was interesting. What's your, as far as like the language goes, what do you, what's, do you think? Have you noticed anything that you're like, oh my God, that sucks? Um, I mean, people do totally overuse the word like. 
Yes, and they depending do. on who you're talking to, you know, that can get really like old, like really like quickly. Yeah, that's true. Like for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's really that's really all for me though. I mean, I, I'm not as judgmental as some people, so. Ho, 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 ho. Although I will judge on one thing. What? What sound do two E's together make? E? So wouldn't it be the free press, not the free press? You freak. <laughs> I mean, you act like you don't know what you're, like how to talk. All right, I walked into that one, I guess. That was an expertly laid trap. Put some <laughs> leaves over that. <laughs> wow, nice. I was waiting on it. Last thing, last thing I want to talk about before we move into everything else that we're going to talk about is that Conan O'Brien and his show, The Late Show, the one that he took over for David Letterman, is no longer going to appear on our Channel 4, WDIV. They're taking it off for Jenny Jones. Hmm. reruns of Jenny Jones or whatever at, uh, you know, it's, it's a late night show. So it's, I believe it starts at 1230. I want to say, or one at white AM, something like that. Now let me ask though, like, is the show being canceled? No, no. So the way it works is the, you know, like NBC owns the show. They produce the show, the show gets filmed. Then the show gets distributed and each city or well, not necessarily each city, but each region, has its own affiliates. They're called affiliates. So they're independently owned and operated, um, you know, uh, TV channels, TV stations uh, that have, they have contracts. So, for instance, WDIV has a contract with NBC. Okay. But they don't need to show uh, everything that's on NBC. They don't need to show everything that's on NBC. They can pick and choose basically what they want to show. Okay. So that's kind of how it works. Okay. So it's just not available to us anymore. Correct. For some reason, they decided that we would prefer to watch reruns of Jenny Jones. Yeah, apparently they say that the uh, after the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, which, ugh, that uh, they, they take a, a big hit as far as ratings go. Hmm. And no, basically no one wants to watch it. But I now, mean, who's really watching TV that time of night anyway? I don't know. Drug addicts. And do you think drug addicts want to watch Jenny Jones? Actually, kind of, yeah. <laughs> that would be her, that would be her, her demographic, I think. Okay. But anyway, so that's, that's, that's the deal with that. So you're not going to be able to watch Conan O'Brien anymore, which sucks because I kind of like Conan O'Brien. I think he's funny. Eh, take him or leave him. Wow. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I dare. I really do. Anyway, that's the uh, the news for the week. We don't have any massive love this week. I actually couldn't find it in the paper. What? So, yeah, I couldn't find it. So. Oh, God, they can't take it away. <laughs> so we'll see next week if they, if they have it there. But uh, anyway, uh, as always, we watched 
my so-called life. Yes, we did. This was a heavy episode. Yeah, tell us about it, Carol. Okay, so this was called Resolutions because Mm -hmm. it was a New Year's episode. Okay. And it starts out with everybody saying what their resolutions are. And it was interesting to me, the the parents' resolutions were very, like, in-depth, you know? Um, Like, the dad's resolution was to um to tell Hallie that he's not going to do this restaurant with her. Right. And to stop having all those late night conversations with her after class. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think I mean like prior to this episode did you suspect something there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right away. See, here's the thing is once you establish that character as you know um, at least almost having an affair or, or kissing. He kissed her. Yeah. They kissed. So, I mean, basically kind of cheating. Not really an affair, but but also cheating. Um, but once you establish his character like that, anytime I see him with a woman, my mind goes there. Really? Okay. For sure. And then the mom was really down on herself in she her was. resolutions and talking about how she's going to, you know, stop being so judgmental yep. and... Try to be like more. It sounds like she just wants to be more like free and fun loving, and you know, it just seemed like she has a really bad impression of herself and how people view her, which is probably accurate. I was but, gonna say she's right. That's the yeah. Thing. So, and through the whole episode, that's what she's trying to do, and you can see her struggle with it. Everybody is struggling with their. Everyone we see anyway is struggling with their resolutions, which I think is is interesting. Yeah. And Angela doesn't really make one. She says she's going to try to be less introspective, mm-hmm. but then talks herself out of it immediately. But then says she's going to not stop doing Jordan Catalano's homework. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Which she thinks she succeeded in. Right. <laughs> um, and then Ricky's, it was so sad, was to, to find a place to live. Yeah. And Rayanne's was to stop drinking for real. Yep. So, so we're watching all of them except for Rayanne. Rayanne's again not a big part. No, we don't see Rayanne struggle with. Yeah, it's like it's weird. They've got well, they have so many interesting characters. I think it's very difficult to include everyone in an episode. Yeah. Well, oh, and Sharon. Sharon was in this episode. Sharon's resolution was to stop fucking that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. Yes. Yeah, she. Um, it starts off with her in bed with Kyle and I think being unhappy about it. Yeah, in the basement, I think. Yeah. But it looked like a pullout because they were like naked <laughs> under a blanket. Well, we, we didn't see the sex. I'm no. not sure if you oh, pulled out. Goodness. Oh, goodness. Don't oh, be okay. gross. <sighs> I mean, does it look like something sticky was like, you know, that oh looked like a pullout? Okay, just no, just stop. Oh, my. So, yeah, through the episode, we're watching all the characters dealing with their resolutions. Correct. And um, Angela is immediately doing Jordan's homework. Yes. <laughs> they're they're hanging out in his car, and he says to her, this is wrong. I can't let you keep doing my homework. It would be different if we were still a couple, but we're not. We're just friends. Yep. And then he takes the homework away from her. Yep. And she's like, I can't believe it. I finally stuck to a resolution. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that was up to her. Right. 
So then she signs him up for tutoring because she's worried about him since she's not helping him with his homework mm. or doing his homework for him, actually. Yeah. Which which is not helping him. Right. That's, I mean, like when, when people, sorry to interrupt. No. But when people are illiterate and they actually kind of, they get through school and, and, and stuff like that, that's the reason that happens is because people think they're helping them out. They think they're being kind. But really what they're doing is they're enabling them to not, to not, you know, like actually work to their right. potential. Yeah, it's like the, you know, fishing parable. Teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. it is. So um, she signs him up for tutoring, and he gets assigned to Brian Krakow. Yeah, Brain. Yeah, he calls him Brain. Brain Krakow. Brain crackhead. So yeah, it's so it's so funny. He is learning a little bit, you know, yeah. he, because he was able to look at it and say brain crackow or whatever. Yeah, like that's it, it's weird that he could he didn't get Brian, but he knew crackow, crackow. right? And I don't know. And whose name is Brain? Yeah, I mean, well, it's funny too because at the very beginning. Uh, they're all watching the ball drop. They're watching Dick Clark do the ball drop, uh, which is funny because this is on ABC and Dick Clark works for ABC. Oh, okay. But, well, not funny. I just, you know, let's, let's keep it in house. But anyway, <laughs> so they, you know, they're watching the ball drop and then we see Jordan in his car and he's like, hey, wait, isn't today like New Year's Eve or something? Yeah. So, like he's such a moron. Yeah, I mean, is that really an intelligence issue, though? I get, but he's just, he's out there. Like, he's not thinking, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, he's just not thinking about what, what's going on around him, and that makes him, you know, spacey and flighty. Sorry, everybody, I'm just fixing something real quick. Okay, there, I think I talked it through. Okay, I'll explain to you why I did that and what's going on. With that, uh, when we're not on the air. Okay. So. That is much better, though. Okay. So, um, Jordan is kind of a moron. And um, Krakow is going to tutor him, which Angela signs him up. Like, doesn't ask, doesn't tell him ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Just puts his name on a list. Yep. (sighs) She really acts like his girlfriend, and he really lets her. Yeah, they they have a very weird relationship. Like, in my opinion, they seem closer now than when they were dating. Absolutely, because when they were dating, it was like, let's go down to the basement and make out, and we never actually go on dates, and we never really talk about anything, and now they're talking all the time. Yeah. They are developing their their relationship, though, the the relationship of the two characters, which is is cool. I I like that. So I, I feel like they're probably going to get back together at some point. Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of hope so, but at the same time, I'm still kind of disappointed with him as a person, so we'll see. Because of pressuring her into sex? Yeah. Trying to? Yeah. He also, he does it in a funny way uh, this episode Yeah, well. it was really funny. Well, let's 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 focus on one story at a time, I guess, because that'll make it easier. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Brian and Jordan. Yeah, so Brian wants to get out of tutoring Jordan because he doesn't think he can do it because he's jealous about Angela. Right. And and his resolution was to stop focusing on Angela. Yeah. So, 
So they're, they, he immediately is like telling him, I don't think that I can help you. I'm not strong in your weak areas, which is such, but like he doesn't even know what his weak areas are. And it's funny because he's, he does it in that like little wormy, you know, I, I, I'm not speaking loud enough or strong enough for anyone to actually notice what I'm saying kind of thing. He's like, oh, you know, I, I might, you know, like, uh, I mean, I just might. I know I signed up to be a tutor, but you know, like I might, I might kind of, you know, like I might have to drop it out. And, yeah. Know, so like he's all just like being like really soft, like he's not even talking to a person, like he's just talking to himself. But it's you know, I mean, the I don't know who the actor is, but I don't remember his name. But the you know the actor does a really good job of conveying that weak kind of personality. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, he, he he's trying to get out of it and everything, and then this this woman comes up, or this girl comes up, and asks if she can borrow a pencil and eraser. Yeah, an eraser because her eraser doesn't work. Right, and so he gives her a pencil with an eraser on it, and as mm-hmm. she's walking away, Jordan's all smiling. He's like, "What?" And he's like, "She would have sex with you." Yeah. And he doesn't, like, believe him or actually he doesn't understand the words. Like, right. <laughs> it was kind of funny. What and, do you mean? Uh, yeah. She would have sex with you. So he's like, you should go get her number. And he's like, what? I just go over and ask her? And I mean, like, like totally, like, unannounced mm-hmm. or like. <laughs> how do you do that? You just yeah. go and ask a person. It's like, yeah, that's how it works. So Jordan gets up and goes over and gets her number for him. Yep. Which just throws it at him. Too. Yeah. Which, it seems weird, because, like, they didn't gesture towards him or look at him or anything. It almost seemed like he was just getting her number for himself and just gave it to him, but... Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> what it comes down to is... And, and, Jor- and Brian is, like, brain is <laughs> is absolutely, you know, like, just taken aback by this. And what it comes down to is they come to an understanding, kind of. I mean, it's not... You know, this show's good in its subtlety and everything. It's not like they spell it out. But basically he says, Jordan says, hey, you know, like, we'll we'll work on this, the stuff that I need. He also says, hey, you know, maybe just start really basic. Like, if you think it's too basic, like, <laughs> even go, like, farther <laughs> right. maybe than that. <laughs> and because he's not, he can't tell him. He's like, I don't know how to read. And he, he, obviously Brian doesn't know that. Right. Yet. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be so hard to be tutored and not be able to read and trying to hide that from the person that's tutoring you. Like, I can't even imagine. Well, I think Brian's going to figure it out, obviously. I don't think there's any way he can't. Right. Once he actually starts tutoring him. But he's clearly functionally illiterate. So it's like he can kind of read, but not really. Right. It's not like he can't read at all. He, he can kind of get, he knows some of the sounds and, and stuff like that, but he just doesn't, you know, he's, he can't read proficiently. Well, like he said, when he found that letter from Angela, he can read some words. Right. But not all of them. So he still, he could read some of the letter. Yeah. He probably had an idea. Maybe. What it was about. But anyway, so he says, hey, you know, let's, you tutor me and I'll show you how to get numbers from girls. Yeah. So that's what their their dynamic's going to be, which I think is a fun dynamic for yeah, the show. Yeah, for sure. And um and it's funny too cuz Brian hates him so much and now he's going to start to like him. Yeah. Um and then Angela comes in and and steals Brian's seat and is like it's she's such a codependent little freak. Yes. 
She's like, you know, if this is weird for you or whatever, I can I can still keep helping you. You don't have mm-hmm. to do this. Like, right. like she can't stand the fact that what she did is working. Yeah. And anyway, she he, comes in and they're laughing and having fun. Right. Yeah. And um, he's like, no, this is fine. But, you know, if you really want to help me, you could sleep with me. Yep. <laughs> it was funny. And then she laughed and was like that, that her reaction was what was funny about it. Right. Yeah, because she just laughed so freaking hard, like disrupted the whole room. Mm-hmm. And she's very giggly about it. Like you could tell she kind of wants to, like she was kind of charmed by it, but also like, you know, obviously she's not going to say yes. She's still right. a virgin. Yeah. Yeah. She's not going to give her virginity up to a guy she's not even technically with. I wouldn't think so. No. I mean, I can't not imagine our Angela. I can't imagine it. Uh, so then I guess let's do the dad. And the mom-ish okay. plot, and then we'll finish up with Ricky. Okay, so mom and dad. Hmm. Um, he, you know, we said their New Year's resolutions. He is going to be, he, he's telling her he's going to try to get home from class earlier. Mm. And she's like, have fun, relax, yeah, don't, don't, worry don't worry about, about it. it. Yeah, which she's, is so she's weird. She's smoking a joint. And right. Like, hey, man, <laughs> come on. No worries, huh? So, of course, he stays late and talks to the lady, mm-hmm. Haley. Haley? Holly. Holly. What is- Haley, I think. Haley. Um, Hallie? Hallie, that's it. So, again, they're talking about the restaurant, and he tells her, he does tell her that he isn't absolutely, it's Hallie. Okay. He is absolutely not going to go in because it's his family savings and blah, blah, blah. Oh, which, to the restaurant, yeah. Yeah. He also said he absolutely wasn't going to go inside her. <laughs> um. And then she's like, well, you know, I found this place. And since you're not going to go in on it, you can give me a honest. Honest, Yeah. So he has got a fountain with with mermaids. uh, mermaids, (laughs) Right. So he agrees to go look at the restaurant with her. In the meantime, his brother stops by. And this is so weird because the mom's talking to the brother and she brings up Hallie in the restaurant and he doesn't know what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. And this somehow makes her suspicious. Yeah, I, this is this is a weird thing to me. So he's she's there talking, and she's like, "Yeah." She mentions the restaurant. And he's like, "Oh, I don't know." He's like, "She didn't tell you about the restaurant." And he's like, "And this woman, you know, and everything in this cooking class and and all this stuff." And he's like, "Uh, what woman? You know?" And and right. and she gets super suspicious about it. Why? I don't yeah, understand. I don't, I don't like, get it either. Is she think the only thing I can think of is that she thinks the brother is lying. She thinks that, oh, obviously he had to have talked to his brother about the restaurant and this woman, but he doesn't want to admit that he knows about the woman because he, Grant, has told her him other things Maybe. that I'm not supposed to know. That that's, makes that's sense. That's the only thing I can think of. It's a long way, and... and it, you know, you gotta, you have to really think about that scene to get there, to get there mentally. Yeah. It's not very obvious. Yeah, it's really not. And, and so then he comes in and she's like, okay, I'm going to take my beer and go upstairs and like seems all flustered. Right. So him and his brother have another weird exchange because he's like, what'd you say to her? Yeah. And he goes, what'd you do? Yeah. And then they just eye each other. And he's like, <laughs> nothing. And then that's it. Yeah. 
It's weird. So it's like his brother is like on to him somehow. Yeah, but but also he and his brother apparently don't talk that much. Right. Because he didn't mention anything about any of this. But it seems like he knew he was supposed to be covering for him anyway somehow. Oh. What? Maybe. No, but that doesn't make a lot of sense either. I was thinking maybe she's suspicious because uh, if she, she's like, he's not telling anyone else about this. He's keeping it kind of secret. Like this woman, the restaurant and stuff. Why would he be hiding it? Does he have something to hide? I could see her going down that line of reasoning, but he's told her. Right. So that, like, torpedoes that, you know? Yeah. The whole thing's weird, but she's definitely suspicious that mm-hmm. something's going on. And nothing's going on, but something's trying to go on. Well, yeah, because then the next thing that we see is he goes to look at this restaurant with her, mm-hmm. and he loves it, mm-hmm. and they're kind of flirty. Brad has a theory about you. Yeah. Brad has another theory about you. She's like, 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 she says Brad has a theory about you like five times. It's my half of her dialogue in this show. Yeah, and it seems like she does a lot of talking about him with Brad. Yes. So Brad has his theories. Yeah. So Brad's theories are that he is going to go in on the mm-hmm. restaurant. And, and wait till the last Yeah. Minute. So... Then he decides that he wants to. Mm-hmm. And he tells his wife. He's like, I've got something to tell you. It's been weighing on me. And she braces herself. She's like, oh my God, just tell me. Just do it. Yeah. And she's like so terrified. And then he tells her that he wants to go to the restaurant. She's like almost in tears. She's so relieved. She's mm-hmm. like, I will be 100% supportive. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, yes, yes, do it. So he goes again to meet up with. Hallie at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's nighttime, which is weird. Heidi? Hallie. It's Hallie. Okay. I swear to God, it is Hallie. Right. And um he goes in and she's like all like hiding like in the freaking shadows. Yeah, I seriously I thought it was it was uh single white female or something. <laughs> like it looked like a horror movie at that point. And she's like, Oh, did I scare you? And and he like I'm not gonna be ignored. <laughs> What? That's from uh, oh. Fatal Attraction. <laughs> but I mean, he seemed like very like earnest in telling her that, no, I'm not afraid of you. Right. Like that seemed like a thing. Yeah. And um, it turns out that she's looking all like ratty and worn down and stuff because Brad had another theory about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they broke up. Yeah. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't put quite the causality to that that you just I, did. I know. But she says, Brad had another theory about you, or about me, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what? And he goes, had. And she's like, well, I guess he still has it. But, you know, we, we broke up. We decided he doesn't want to be... We decided we don't want to be engaged anymore. He decided. So he broke up with her. You said... The big, you know, earlier in the episode, you were like, I think she, I don't think she likes Grant. I think she likes Brad because yeah. she talks about Brad a lot. But, and I think that's probably true. She did seem pretty devastated. But now she's in an emotion, emotionally vulnerable place. And he wanted to know what the theory was. And she's like, oh, never mind. You know, and it's clear that the theory is. Yeah, that she wants him. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, it did seem that way. each other, I think. Yeah. But it did seem that way earlier that like, because she does talk about Brad. Like she brings Brad up all the time and it's like, she's excited about the restaurant. She's talking about it with Brad. Mm -hmm. Brad says this. Brad says that. It seems like she just thinks that he would be a good part of the restaurant and that he's a friend. Right. And she's just excited and stuff. And, And it seems like he feels more because of his resolution more than anything. Yeah. So that's why I said I think that he's in love with her, but she's in love with Brad. I think it's clear I think he clearly has some kind of crush or or I don't know that I would say in love, but yeah. it's clear he's got some sort of crush or something on her. He definitely likes her a lot. Yeah. So And if they're gonna get in business together, that's really bad. Yeah, they're gonna be around each other all the time. Well, I mean, if he you know, that's the thing is like if he sleeps with her, that's bad to sleep with someone you're in business right. with. And obviously, they're not going to have Brad's money anymore. Yeah, so yeah. Brad was the way, finances. It's going to be way more on on him to finance it. Yeah, and her. I, I assume she has money too because she's been talking about it as well. Plus, they want they're talking about investors. So, right. Yeah, she said that if they pay a year up front, then they can start showing it to investors or something. Yeah. Worst case scenario, we're out ten months' rents. That's so much money. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that's uh, that's their storyline. And then the last storyline, the one that kind of runs through all these storylines, I would say the main story of the episode is Enrique. We we didn't finish sharing. Oh, well, what do you want to share? <laughs> Sharon's storyline. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Sharon didn't finish Sharon's storyline. Well, just Sharon's going to sleep with him again. Oh, fuck yeah. Basically. Like, she talks to Rayanne about it, mm-hmm. and apparently she'd been watching A River Runs Through It. Yeah. That got her all hot and heavy. Brad Pitt. I, I don't think that... Because I call him Brab's Pitt because <laughs> of his abs. I mean, he's a fine-looking guy, but come on. Yeah, absolutely. That movie is not that hot. And so, anyways... What about Thelma and Louise? Hotter. Yeah. Yeah. So... She ends up sleeping with him because of that movie, and then when she's going to tell him she can't sleep with him anymore, because he gets her a stuffed bear and, and like is telling mm-hmm. her he loves her and like all this craziness. Oh, yeah. He's way in like you know he's that's the thing. She feels like she's using him mm-hmm. because she doesn't love him. She just wants to fuck him, and he is like all puppy dog over her. Yeah, so she doesn't want to keep using him, but then he tells her. That he wants to rent Thelma and Louise and mm-hmm. go over to her place. So she puts the kibosh on breaking his heart so that mm-hmm. she can fuck him again. Yeah, she's got the juicy sweetness ready. <sighs> Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. But that's the thing. is, And she says to Rayanne, she says that it's hotter or it's better. I mean, in, in so many words, she says it's much better than when they were together. Right. Like the sex is better. Because it's wrong. I guess. I don't know. Now, let me ask you a question. Hmm. Now, as we established uh, when we talked to Beverly Hills 90210, uh, you're not the most experienced person in the world, apparently. But have you ever felt like, you know, if you were with somebody and you got, you like were making out or whatever, and then you broke up. Did you ever go back to an ex like that What when you were broken up? And if so, was it better? 
You mean not being together? The situation Sharon's in. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Okay. And was it better? No. Okay. Interesting. What do you think? Have you had that situation? Uh, no, not really. No. I don't know. It's hard to say because basically the situation I'm thinking of, it was like never really uh, official. Okay. Yeah, that's tough then. So I can't, I guess, I guess I can't really say. I don't think I've had a going back to my ex and not really being together thing. Just having sex. Yeah. No, I don't think I've done that. Or maybe it's the using him part that's turning her on. Maybe, maybe it's the idea that he loves me, but I don't love him. That turns her on. Oh, that's terrible. It could be, though. Ugh. Maybe that's why she feels so bad. Yeah, she she needs to stop. Okay, Ricky. Ricky. Ricky has been staying with Angela and her family. Yeah, since their mom saw a ghost, which, by the way, we never apparently go back to again. Like I told you when we were watching it, if... If someone had seen a dead person and actually talked to them, that's all the that's all this show should be about now for the rest of time <laughs> is her talking about the time that she saw and talked to a dead person. Right. But I mean, you know, people do see and hear and stuff ghosts and that doesn't consume their whole life. So. Do you see dead people? No, but people do. Hmm. Well, I wonder what they're like. Do they just walk around like you and me. Do they even know they're dead? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so it has to have been about a week. Yeah. Because he moved in on Christmas and it is now New Year's. Yeah. So a little over a week. Yes. And he hears Angela's parents talking after they were supposed to have left for school, but he went in to grab his backpack. Every time somebody comes back into a room after they've left the room on TV, it's always bad news. Right. Bad news bears. Um, he hears them talking about like he needs to get in touch with his family or they should that he can't stay there forever. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't take it as like harshly as I think he did. Right. I think they were just talking about there needs to be a plan for this kid. Mm-hmm. But he took it as like he can't stay here. Like they right. don't want him there. I don't think that's really how they feel. They didn't. Well, he didn't hear the beginning of the conversation either where they talked about, you know, like, it was cool having him and stuff. Yeah, what a good kid he is. They wish that he'd been in their lives sooner. Right. Yeah. I wish he'd heard that part. But he then decides to pretend that he's going back to his family. Yeah. Oh, my, my aunt and uncle called, and it's cool. Yep. We don't even know what was wrong, other than he was getting hit. So, yeah, so he pretends like he goes back to his aunt and uncle, but he doesn't. And then he decides to tell his teacher. Mm-hmm. That weird one. What the hell's his name? Uh, Mr. The one who calls him Enrique, but I can't think of his name. Gerber. Face. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he does look like a Gerber baby. Um, he goes to him to tell him that he doesn't really have a place. Yeah. And so this guy takes him to the school counselor mm-hmm. who says she can call in favors. And she handles this so poorly. Yes. So she can call in some favors and get him into this place called Pride House. And it's like a family and blah, 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 blah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's a, it's like foster care. Like a group home. Yeah. But it's like the nicest one around. Right. So what she does not tell him 
wait till he's out of the room to tell the teacher is that there's going to be a wait list. It won't be that day. Yeah, she's like, she's like, look, I can pull every favor that I have, but he's still, it's still going to be several weeks until he can get in. Because places like this, you know, they, they, you know, people are dying to get in here. She should have started with that. Yeah. She shouldn't have let him have this false hope in his mind that he's going to this great place. Right. So then Mr. Gerber's got to tell him that, hey, you know, so you're on the wait list. Really good. It's hard to get on the wait list. But you're going to have to stay at a facility yeah. until then. Yeah, and that's another thing. She shouldn't have pawned that off on the teacher. But, right. And the facility was basically a shelter. Actually, I think they even called it a shelter later. Yeah. And somebody was like, what was happening? It sounded like somebody was fucking with him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was like you couldn't really hear it, but somebody was talking, and like mm-hmm. he got up to leave, and then they're like, hey, where are you going? You know, like I think somebody was messing with him. Like trying to have sex with him? I don't know. It was scary. Yeah, it was weird. So he leaves there and just wanders around. I think he didn't show up at school. Right. And that's why the teacher was looking for him or whatever. But the teacher goes to Angela's house now to see if he's there because he left the shelter and he obviously was not. He was like, he was like Harrison Ford in The Fugitive. (laughs) I didn't kill my wife. (laughs) Yeah, he did. He yelled at them. He made the mom cry. Yeah, it was great seeing her cry. Aw. That Sandy Duncan looking motherfucker. Wow. You are so harsh. Mm, harsh and you mellow. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. But she does look like Sandy Duncan. A little bit. But and and apparently he gave up uh caffeine Except for Sandy New Duncan. Year's. Sandy so. Duncan's got a glass eye, so Oh, okay. And she doesn't. So. Okay. That's a difference. I don't even know who Sandy Duncan is, honestly. I'm just, like, playing along. Sandy Duncan, she played Peter Pan. She was on the Hogan family. Okay, that makes sense. She was on the Hogan family, too. So, oh, excuse me. Used to be Valerie's. Speaking of coffee, I need some. Um, Yeah, he gave up coffee. So he is, like, super cranky. So, okay, so Ricky calls him from a phone booth, and it's pouring rain. Yeah. And he basically, like, is, you know, like, he's lying his ass off. And why did he even call him if he was going to lie? That's the part I don't get. He's like, yeah, I got a place to stay. It's cool. There's whores here and a bunch of chocolate cake. You can hear the rain in the background. Like, it's so obvious. And the teacher's just like, oh, okay, good. I'll see you in school tomorrow because... He doesn't want to bring him home with right, him right, because we find out that he is living with a man. Vindicated. <laughs> I totally called this from the very first episode. I was like, oh, he's gay. Yeah. So he is gay and he's living with a man. A very handsome, bald man. And they're worried about what it would look like to people if they took Ricky in. Yeah, here's the thing. So at first I was like... Oh, he doesn't want to bring him home because of his boyfriend or husband or, or whatever, right? And then the boyfriend's, like, talking to him, and he's, like, he clearly knows about Ricky, so he's clearly told him about mm-hmm. Ricky. And then the teacher, Mr. Gerber, says, <laughs> you know, what would it look like? And I was thinking, so I'm thinking, like, oh, so he's closeted. He doesn't want anyone to know he's gay. He's a closeted gay man. And then it's like, no, then I figured it out. Two gay dudes taking a young boy, and as you pointed out, who's bisexual, 
Yeah, that doesn't... Is he bi? I thought he was gay. He's bi. okay. That doesn't look... That looks really bad. Yeah. Even though, obviously, there's nothing going on, but yeah, I could see. And he's like, he's like, I'll lose my job, you know, and shit. God, I hope that doesn't happen. That would be terrible. He clearly cares. Yeah, I mean, he's just doing what's right. Somebody needs to give the kid a place to lay his head until something opens up at this pride house. But he was like, he's like, you know, you're wondering why I didn't ask him to come live with us and stuff like that. And he's like, no, you know, I am. And he's like, he's all tearing himself up inside because he wants to help him. But, you know, he can't. So then Ricky just shows up at his door. Yep. And then he gets a big hug from Mr. Gerber. And it was so sad. He's crying. He's like, it was just so hard being alone. I couldn't be alone anymore. Mm hmm. So yeah, so he uh, he takes him in, and that's what's going on right now. <sighs> Poor Ricky. You know it sucks though because it's like it's really a tor- terrible double standard. Oh yeah. Because he was staying at the Chase's house, and nobody thought to themselves, "Oh, I wonder if the da- the dad's fucking him." Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or or like you know. If, like, you know, Angela is or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, there's not rumors about that, but two gay guys that are in a committed relationship with each other take them in, and the rumors are going to be like, oh, is that their sex toy? Right. Or whatever, you know what I mean? It's, ter- it's terrible. That's not right. Yeah. Because clearly the, he just cares about him as a student, you know, yeah. as a person. Well, I mean, hopefully it will go better than he thinks. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But that was basically the episode. That's kind of where the episode ends. I this is I think this might be my favorite episode. This is a really good episode. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see where it goes from here. As I know you are. <laughs> but main topic time. We watched a film or I guess I should say we watched a movie. <laughs> I don't think this can probably be called a film. It's a movie. We watched a flick. Uh-huh. Uh, dumb and dumber. Guess what it's like. So it's a comedy starring, it's dumb. the number one movie in America. It's dumb. Starring uh, Jim Carrey again. Third movie. And we've I, seen all of them. I liked Ace Ventura. I did not like The Mask. I thought The Mask was terrible. And I liked this movie. And Jeff Michigan's own Jeff Daniels. I don't see how you could like this movie. It's funny. It's not, though. Okay, so I am very interested to hear what you have to say about it. Should I run through the plot of the movie? The plot's pretty simple. Yeah, go ahead. But should I run through the plot of the movie and then you can, or you just want to... Yeah, Go ahead and run through the plot. So, basically, uh, there's Lloyd Christmas... Played, but that's Jim Carrey's character, and Harry Dunn, that's uh, Jeff Daniels' character, and they're friends. They're complete idiots. Like they, I don't know how pe- two people so dumb found each other, <laughs> or even knew how to like rent an apartment or whatever they were doing. But they live together. They have aspirations to open a worm farm. So weird. Called We've Got Worms, or I've Got Worms. <laughs> and like a store to sell worm farms. 
uh, like ant farms, but for worms, which is so weird because ants are a social animal. So it's kind of interesting to see that how they interact and associate with each other. But worms aren't social animals. Worms are solitary. You know, you, the, you might find many worms around each other uh, in an area, but they don't live in families or colonies or anything like that. Right. So anyway, they, but I guess that's the whole point. So he's uh, a limo driver. I don't know. I got a license. <laughs> He's a limo driver, uh, uh, Jim Carrey's character, Lloyd Christmas, at the beginning. And he picks up, oh, I cannot remember this actress's name. Hmm. She's on Picket Fences, but I can't think of her name. I have no idea. Anyway, he he picks her up and takes her to the airport. Her name's Mary Swanson. And, you know, I didn't think about it, but if they'd got married, because he, he falls in love with her, like, instantly. Oh, yeah. And if they got married, her name would be Mary Christmas, <laughs> which is just the best. But by the way, Christmas, that's the most, like, made-up Hollywood name. Who is there anyone in the world whose last name is Christmas? Bet you there is. I don't know about that. What, what nationality would Christmas be? I don't know. Where did the word Christmas come from? I think it's German. Well, then German. German. Right? Or... Or is it just Christ? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Anyway, so his name is Lloyd Xmas. And uh, no, he, uh, so he takes her to the airport. Uh, she's supposed to leave a bag, we found her, the suitcase at the airport for some people to pick up. He sees that she leaves the bag. He picks it up uh, before the criminals can get it. Uh, apparently, it's some sort of ransom. Uh, that someone has, is being ransomed. And she's supposed to leave this money. So uh, he goes back to his apartment. They've both been fired from their jobs. And he says, hey, let's get out of here. Let's go to Aspen. Because that he found out that like he knew because he was talking to her. He knew that's where she was flying to. He's like, let's go to Aspen. They're in Rhode Island. So it's all the way across the country. It's like, let's go to Aspen, Colorado, and we can return this bag to to Mary. So meanwhile, the criminals have tracked them to their house and kill their parakeet by ripping it. So fucked up, which they don't realize no one's killed the parakeet. They, they don't realize that someone's killed the parakeet. They're just like, uh, they're just, they're just he's like, you know, Pete and my parakeet died. He's like, how oh, his head fell off. He was pretty old. <laughs> See, it's funny. Like the, I, I will, I will grant you because I'm not a big fan of physical comedy, and a lot of what Jim Carrey does is physical comedy. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not as into a lot of his movies because, like, I'm just not, not really huge into that. But there's a lot of subtle humor, especially from from Jeff Daniels in this movie that I think really works. Anyway, so he. You know, he's like, let's get out of here. So he convinces them and they, you know, they go cross country. So and they get into adventures. Basically, the 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 whole movie is them going across the country to Aspen to return this bag to Mary. And the criminals are following them. That's the threat. Eventually, uh, the the main criminal played by Mike Starr, who's a very funny actor. He he uh, hitchhikes and gets into their car. They end up accidentally killing him because he's got an ulcer and they, they load up his hamburger when he's in the bathroom with, um, with chopped chili peppers, ghost peppers. Yeah. And they, uh, 
they he had rat poison that he was going to poison them with. And he's like, I need my pills because my ulcer, you know, it's, uh, it's so painful. So he, they, um, they give him, you know, they go into his bag and give him the pills, but it's accidentally the rat poison. So they kill him. Yeah. <laughs> An accident. Somehow they're able to leave the scene of that, that crime and continue on in their car that looks like a dog. Yeah, it's so weird. It's furry. Yeah, and like they're in the most easily identifiable car yeah. that's out there. But anyway, so, you know, they go to Aspen. They meet up with Mary. There's a misunderstanding where Harry ends up actually dating Mary or going on some dates with Mary. Uh, Lloyd gets pissed, gets revenge on him uh, by giving him x which makes him poop a lot, which is one of the jokes. No, I'm not big into potty humor, so it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's not not for me. Uh, and then, what else? Uh, let's see. Um, oh, we learned that the FBI is somehow onto this. I, I, they never called the police or anything like that. Don't know how that happened, but the FBI catches up with them. Uh, and uh, Charles Rocket, who was on Saturday Night Live, who I like a lot, um, he uh, he's the main bad guy. He ends up getting. Uh, Getting arrested and evil's punished and everything's fine. Mary's husband, uh, you know, gets there and then they go on. They, yeah, it's it's implied they're going to go on more adventures. That's who the ransom was for was Mary's husband. So right. I don't understand how she ends up on a date with the one guy. Like if she's married, she seemed like she really loved her husband. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I don't like. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. Mainly how they survived up to this point. <laughs> Just the two of them. I mean, they are the stupidest people. And the comedy. How much money did they have, too, by the way? I, I thought it was a million dollars. No, well, so they find out that there's a million dollars or whatever in the briefcase. And they start using that money to live incredibly lavish lifestyles. They buy a Lamborghini and shit. Um, but what I meant was, when they leave Rhode Island to go to to Aspen, they're talking about how much money they have and they need to be careful and, and all this stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. But like they stay at, you know, they stay at hotels. They, they, they're eating, you know, they must've had some decent money saved. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they were both working. So tell me why you didn't like this movie. It's not funny. It's just ridiculous okay. and gross and ugh, just wrong i mean there were a couple of things that like made me like physically react like like gasp or mm-hmm. you know feel shocked or like feel disgusted right. um but you laughed a few times too but overall i mean the movie is just so ridiculous it can't it's not funny to me okay because of the ridiculousness of it yes and the potty humor like you said was the, well, that was one scene. But I mean, that it's not just the one scene though; it's so many scenes. No, there's just one scene of body humor. Yeah, but I mean, so many scenes with bad humor. According to you. Yeah, it's not my bag. I mean, I don't, I don't like it. I'm, t- I'm saying, there's so much right about this movie, though. And Jim Carrey does a really good job in this movie, and I think Jeff Daniels does an excellent job as like the supporting character in it. I guess. I mean, they they do fine, but it's not it's not good. I want to know why does Jim Carrey look like freaking like younger in this movie? 
Did you notice that? Not really, no. Hmm. I don't know. He looked younger to me. I'm guessing it's just the makeup. Maybe. What kind of makeup they have him in? I don't know. Maybe, but... Lauren Holly, that's her name. Okay. Just came to me. Like, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. they're walking... They Their car is broken down. They're out of money. Yeah. They're walking down the road, and a giant bus full of... Hawaiian Tropics models. Yeah. Shows up and says they need two oil boys to <laughs> oil them up before they have their photo shoots or whatever. It's funny because it's so ridiculous. And then they say, no, um, you need to go to this town and find these boys. Okay? Right. Because that's how stupid they are. It's just frustrating. Like, that didn't make me laugh. It just made me go, what the fuck? Like, it's not funny. Okay. See, that's humorous to me. Ugh. Because of how dumb they are. It's just like when people get hurt, I don't laugh. It's the same thing. Like, I look at them with pity. Yeah. See, that's that's the way you look at the... Yeah, because you're like, oh, man, they could have been touching these women. (laughs) No, I look at them just thinking, wow, it's sad that you're so stupid. How are you ever going to accomplish anything? How are you going to take care of yourself? How are you going to brush your teeth? I don't believe those men even know how to brush their damn teeth. So you just turn yourself into their mother. <laughs> I is guess. what happens. I don't know. They're just, it's I not think it's, I think I think it's funny to me. To me, it's funny. Ugh. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really good movie. I, it's a giant waste of time, and it was a giant waste of time when you made <laughs> me go see it with you. You keep making me see dumb movies. Oh my, how many, how many good movies have I taken you to? And how many bad movies have I taken you to? I don't know. I guess I should start keeping a tally. Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> Let's just go back and listen to all the previous episodes. We'll see how many movies you liked. Okay. Remember, uh, freaking what the fuck was it called? Intersection. <laughs> that Richard Gere, yeah. Lolita Davidovich movie. Yeah. With Sharon Stone. It was a pretty good movie. Ugh. That movie sucked. It was okay. It was better than this. It was not. Yes, it was. Better than this. It was terrible. (laughs) It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. What are you talking about? It was a middle of the road movie. No, it wasn't. Go listen to our review again. (laughs) I guess. It was bad. I don't know. I'm sorry. I cannot recommend it. I highly recommend it. So if you have a stick in your ass, like Carol, don't watch the movie. But if you're fun and fancy free like me, go and uh, go and check it out. Wow. Yeah. You're such a jerk. I am. Now, Carol. What? Take us home for the episode. Okay. So you know what we want. We want you to write to us at latefee1994. At AOL.com mm-hmm. and to leave stuff in our lockers. Yes. Like money, notes, suggestions. Tell us friends. Spread the word. Yeah. Keep keep listening to our tapes. We it, appreciate you. We very much appreciate you. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.